0: Welcome to Style DNA, the podcast I created to uncover the lives behind the looks of your favourite well known faces and help unveil their style DNA. As a designer, I've always been inspired by the premise that wearing the right pieces should make you feel the best version of yourself, gorgeous and confident, and that these pieces should be designed and crafted for longevity. I'm delighted to share that this episode is supported by Karen Millen, a brand that has a 42-year legacy in the world of fashion. Their commitment to affordable luxury and making investment pieces accessible has truly stood the test of time. Whether you're searching for a timeless winter coat that will serve you for years to come or an elegant evening dress, you'll find both classic and modern designs that are perfect for refreshing your wardrobe for the season ahead. Online at karenmillen.com. Head over to my Instagram for a link to a special treat for listeners. Today, I'm going on a sartorial journey with TV and radio presenter, model, author, menopause campaigner, podcast host and Celebrity master Chef winner, the <laughs> wonderful <laughs> Lisa Snowden. Hi, oh,
1: so good <laughs> to see you. Hello
0: and welcome, Lisa. Thank oh, you, lovely. Great to see you. So lovely, we're finally sitting down to talk. I know, it's only taken us, what, eight months to get this in the diary? Mm-hmm. But I am thrilled to have you here. Um, particularly as just earlier this year you published your first book, Just Getting Started, Lessons in Life, Love and Menopause dedicated to all the women in the world. I love the spirit of this book, and I particularly love the reference to Chinese medicine and how in the Chinese culture they believe that during menopause, the energy needed for our uterus, for growing a baby, becomes free to travel to the heart, generating a renewal, a rebirth, a deeper wisdom. A time for a spiritual reconnection with oneself. In other words, the menopause is a time for you. This is a beautiful way to express this new phase of a woman's life. I love the way you start with this. In our society, there are so many negative connotations with ageing and menopause, both of which are seen to be pretty unsexy, but this sentiment is so positive. So thank you. I get the feeling that writing this book was quite a cathartic experience. One hundred percent. Absolutely loved it. it. It
1: was so much easier than I thought it was going to be because it was, I had it all there and... It was cathartic. I did get a little bit more personal than I thought I was going to. But it just felt like the right time. It really did. And there was just so much that I wanted to put in there for women... And for everybody because there's advice for loved ones too. It was such a tricky time to navigate for me and I just wanted it to be part memoir, part self-help manual so that it could shortcut women's diagnosis because some women go undiagnosed or misdiagnosed for years and years and years and they spend so much money trying to find out what's wrong with them. I wanted it to be the manual that I never had um, and just be there to kind of keep going back to if you needed needed to.
0: God, I wish you'd written it 10 years ago, is all I can say. But uh, it is a wonderful sort of manual for life. And um, so much of the book resonated with me, actually. And as a childless woman, too, I found your story of not having children, particularly moving and inspiringly positive. Um, I wish this topic wasn't such an elephant in the room. Mm, It's a tricky one, isn't it? It is.
1: I I think, um, yeah, society just, if, if you don't go down the traditional route... And I'm I'm not married either, so it's, you know, so they're like, you're not married, you haven't got kids, what's wrong with you? Um, it's it, Yeah, it's been challenging. There's been a lot of negativity surrounding that, a lot of questions, a lot of people don't quite understand. Um, but that's why I also wanted to write the book, because you never know what's going on behind closed doors. You never know somebody's story. And people can be really flippant, really unkind. Um, we can be really unkind to ourselves. And so, yeah, we need to just... Just be nicer to each other and just to look at the bigger picture. and. I,
0: I think so too. And I, I think great that you put it out there. Mm. And, and I think it's a conversation that needs to be had more and more.
1: Yeah, and I've never felt comfortable enough to speak to a journalist about it, even though they've obviously approached me over the years, multiple times. But
0: I never felt like I
1: wanted to tell anybody my story and it felt like the right time to put it out there in my words yeah you can totally yeah, own it take ownership of that completely good stuff
0: Thank you. we first met back in 1993 <laughs> i'm gonna remind you yeah decades ago oh my gosh um in my tiny tiny salon show um Am I correct in thinking that was your first show? It was my first fashion show. You were no idea at the time. You were the, f- no you were the, the f- first
1: designer to give me a break because I don't know you were just you were so encouraging and and also enthusiastic about women and their bodies, you know, rather than us and it was it was waif that was the waif movement. That was androgyny at its it finest. Was, it, it was It was heroin chic. heroin chic, baby. And I was like I mean, I was slim still, but I did have these boobs. And I was like, oh, I don't fit into this, any of this season. Um, and you were the one that gave me my break.
0: But I remember the casting director being so excited and, and about you being the next big thing and how exciting it was oh. that we were going to have you on the catwalk Oh, I didn't first. know that. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I didn't realise this was your very, very first yeah. show. and And everyone was barefoot, so it wasn't like you had to navigate heels or anything like that no it was very chilled wasn't it was it?
1: super chilled and i i've got a photo of that and we you know i posted it not too long ago actually because i found it on on the internet i'd love
0: to I'd, have you got any more footage of any of those shows do you know what i tried to find that lookbook oh. the other day i will find it at some and point And is there any like actual video footage no, i don't think or? so i think oh, it was shame. Pre- us videoing i mean it's such a shame isn't it yeah um because I, if my memory serves me right, you closed that show wearing a cream, pearl-embroidered crepe maxi dress, (sighs) and you were just, you filled it in all the right places. It was just glorious. I mean, the modelling world has changed so much. Do you think in a good way? In a good way. It's still
1: not where it needs to be, but I think... People are trying.
0: <laughs> Making baby what ways stets. do you think it's changed in a well, good way? Well, obviously, there's
1: more inclusivity. Um, I like to think it's less seedy, perhaps, because it was quite seedy. Different territories for me, like Paris and Milan, it was like, oh, it was just like, I want to come home. Um, I think it's less manipulative. Um, yeah, but, you know, I'm sure there's stuff that still goes on you know, that you don't know about. Did you about.
0: have any particular nasties?
1: I had a lot of, I felt a lot of pressure when I was in Paris to schmooze and to socialise and to go out with clients and, you know, rich older men and it just never sat well with me and I would always make up some elaborate excuse. They were like, You must come out to dinner tonight. Do we have this client
0: in town and I was like oh. And was that the agency? Yeah that was the agency. Wow. Yeah. Yeah that wouldn't wouldn't go down today. No, would you it? can't do that today. So agents pressuring you to go out to dinner and and what on the the wait front? Yeah, so I remember and that's why it was so refreshing to do your show. You didn't once
1: look at me and say yeah, that your figure's not going to work or you're not going to fit my clothes. You were just, that's what I meant. You were so encouraging and so happy and enthusiastic and embracing a woman's physique. Whereas in Paris, I'd go and I'd be booked for shows and I'd run to my rail and I'd look and it'd be like a wisp of material. And I was like, <gasps> and then I got booked for jobs and then got canceled because I just was too curvy in their words, which when I look back, I really wasn't curvy at all. I just you, had little boobs.
0: You really weren't. I mean, no. you had a washboard.
1: Stomach. Yeah. Abs <laughs> of like, you know, my abs were like um and you know, I didn't even do anything back then, didn't even have to work out. I just had this amazing six pack. Oh. Um so yeah, it was it was it was quite tricky. And then in Milan I remember them measuring me and taking me into the toilet and measuring me saying you've got to lose weight and you've got to lose weight from here and I was like You were
0: tiny. Yeah, and I'm how do you lose weight from your bosom? Exactly. Sorry.
1: Can you just sort of say, Okay, I'm not gonna eat bread and then my boobs will shrink like there's no way that you can do that and I was just it just didn't sit well with me I just went back to the apartment you know the the pensione and just made a big bowl of pasta and then thought right I'm getting a flight home I loved my food I still love my food I'm not going to yeah
0: celebrity master chef winner (laughs) hello (laughs) but I'm loving seeing um more representation of our generation Mm. now in the modeling world um Because let's face it, at our age, she said very generously to me, (laughs) um, women can feel pretty invisible. Yeah. And um, I'd love to hear your views on being a model again. Well, I haven't really stopped. I've just continued because I love that
1: whole process. I love being on a shoot. I love the glam. I love the lighting. I love the whole creative process. I really enjoy it. So luckily for me, throughout my career, modeling into kind of TV presenting into radio, um, I've still managed to shoot different campaigns and carry on with that. But the book is called Just Getting Started because in my early 40s, obviously with all the perimenopause symptoms that I went through and I've been really vocal about that and I was very lost for quite a few years and there were jobs that I was saying no to. Um, There was some TV I couldn't, I just couldn't even bring myself to do hosting jobs. Couldn't rely on my memory anymore. And then I got to 50 and people were like, oh, you're turning 50 now, what's going to happen? You know, you're just going to fade into the background or just retire and I was like, No, I felt at 50, the strongest I'd felt in years, I kind of got a handle on all my paramenopause symptoms, I felt really good in myself, I knew the little tips and tricks I needed to do in order to kind of hack my hormones and feel good, you know, get my weight gain down, because obviously, I put on a lot of weight through the menopause. And so when I turned 50, I was like, this is my second spring. I am just getting started. Do not try and put me in a shelf, on a shelf in the background and just fade into the distance. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And that's why I want to champion women as they're getting older to step into their second spring and see this as a new positive phase in their life. Um, you know, we don't look like we did when we were 25. I don't feel like I did when I was 25. And, I, and I'm happy about that because yeah. we've... You know, we're older, we're wiser. And I think it's that time to reconnect with yourself and have this kind of self-acceptance and be proud of who you are and where you've come from. All of the warts and all, all of the battle scars that we've kind of carried
0: with us. Don't we wish we knew... Back then, yes. what we know. Now. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> all of that heartache and all of that comparison. And it was just such a waste of time picking holes in ourselves. Oh, and when I know. the scheme of things, it's just life's really short. Yeah. I'm 51 now. How did that happen? If I'm going to continue to be at odds and, and, and uncomfortable with who I am, then such a waste.
0: Yep. So yep. I jump in feet first and grab life by the balls. So, book launched, fantastic. MasterChef, Celebrity MasterChef winner, <laughs> what, what other little <laughs> projects have you got on this year?
1: Actually, you know what, I'm just saying yes to everything. Fantastic. I'm re- I, I, But at the same time having a nice balance because I think that you know when you get a little older you have to just get that kind of work-life balance kind of down a little bit more. So there's a documentary series that I'm hoping to produce later on in the year and it is all about menopause and nutrition and also different cultures. How the different cultures deal with the menopause um, and how some of it is seen as such a positive and the different kind of cultures help each other
0: Hurrah so, to yeah. that, yeah love that but
1: like just globally how different it is and how and so that's something that I'm really excited about I might have another book in me who knows um, lots more stuff with uh, women's health and, and and hopefully helping women to feel good in themselves and to get the right help Um, because just a little blip it's just a little phase in our lives you know and then we can just
0: but it can be a surprisingly long blip yeah before you get it sorted well
1: yeah because you well now we know a lot more than we did sort of 10 years ago nine years ago so a lot of women are kind of like ah this could because there's 60 different symptoms and counting yeah with with the perimenopause and it was traditionally it was like your periods stop, you have a hot flush. And they were the only real kind of symptoms or the signs, the warning signs. And also women used to think that it happened way earlier in the future. So it was somebody who didn't look like us. It was somebody very frail. Someone old. Really old and really yeah. frail and, and actually couldn't get out of bed and needed a walker. <laughs> and that's not, you know, it starts like probably pretty early on, like earlier than we think. Late 30s when your fertility starts to drop. You know, it's when your body starts producing less hormones and then for me early 40s and women like I said get misdiagnosed for years and years and it gets untreated and that's when vascular dementia osteoporosis yeah. all those different conditions can happen and um, so it's all about just women being empowered to know what's happening to recognize what's happening to write that list to go to the doctor and to push back.
0: Well it's been so good to see you Davina McCall, Mariella Frost. Yes. Shouting from the I know. rafters. Just brilliant. You no, know, we keep shouting. Louder, louder. <laughs> but today, we're going on a style journey. Oh, we are. Um, how did you decide what you were going to put on today?
1: Well, I knew it had to be Amanda Wakeley. Oh, thank and you. I- I'm lucky enough to have a few pieces from your collections over the years I've got a lot of amazing suits like I love one of you I've got this red suit that I love and I've got that version in black it's amazing I've got a really beautiful um like a coat and I've got a couple of dresses so I tried on my suit but then I thought well it's such a gorgeous sunny day I need to wear a dress so I put this on today
0: um so yeah it was easy it was easy it was going to be Wakely brilliant Which one? thank you so flattered (laughs) um do you remember just paging right back to being a child, when your earliest, what your earliest memory was that um, clothes made you feel different? I was really, and
1: still am, into accessories,
0: so I used to always
1: over-accessorise. So I'd go to my <laughs> nana's jewellery box and I'd put on her pearls and I'd put on all of her and I'd layer it up. And then I remember my cousin lived in Spain, so they had these beautiful little beaded bags and i remember i just used to like crossbody bag with the pearls and it was always always over accessorized and then a little um, flamenco dress little spotty flamenco dress which we had cuz she was living in spain and i used to wear that but i was always had some kind of handbag jewelry and this is when i was like 5 or 6 this isn't when i was one say, as a teenager
0: and did that feel transformative to you
1: yeah i just loved it it just gave me this like i just felt very grown up um, very well put together. And I was just always into looking at little trinkets and little bits that I could adorn myself with. Little,
0: little and the magpie Little magpie from the beginning, absolutely. Did, was Nan aware that you were borrowing her oh, pearls? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. As soon as I used to get to her house, I'd run upstairs and I'd get her jewelry box out of the wardrobe and I'd sit on the bed and I would just go through everything. Oh. It was my thing whenever I went round there. Um, and then we used to go to pantomimes at Christmas with her. So it was like a long very kind of evening dress, even when I was under 10 years old, 8, 9, 10 years old. And so it was always very dressy. Um, so I, I loved it. I loved it. It was like a costume for me.
0: Was it more your grandmother than your parents that sort of impacted your Early style, would you say? I
1: think it perhaps was, but my mum was really cool. I remember she had a lot of kind of, it was 80s style leather jackets, like kind of like Michael Jackson, quite structured with the shoulder pads. And I remember she had like a perm and it was all very like 80s, cool, high-waisted. Yeah, really cool. Lots of shoulder pads, so she dressed really well. My dad never spent any money on himself, and he still doesn't but he had a really cool battered leather jacket, which I thought was just super cool, but he used to have high waisted he looked like shaggy from scooby doo
0: did you ever borrow any of his clothes? his leather
1: jacket? yeah, as I got older, that was my kind of and he had some cool, really sort of worn. Um, lumberjack kind of shirts that just were super old and soft and threadbare, which I loved as they well. They just get better and they better get better, they better, and better. And then he got rid of them both one day, the oh leather no. jacket. And I was like, Where's the leather jacket? like, so I gave it to a charity shop. I was like, No. Oh. And also my mum, too, she got rid of everything. And I would love to have used and worn her clothes later on, like jumpsuits and all that kind of power I, 80s. I
0: know. I mean, the hoarder in me wishes I'd kept certain. Liar pieces from the 80s because god they were good they were really good
1: yeah i mean i've kept bits and pieces for my niece um and for me just to look at because you know clothes well, just bring you those memories but i'm like oh, i remember when i wore this it's on my great 21st birthday yeah hang on to something isn't it
0: you famously dated george clooney mm-hmm. now i'm not going to ask about the relationship but i'm fascinated to know how you navigated the whole red carpet experience when you were walking with him was he involved in what you wore at all
1: no so we only ever did oh, we did a, um, officially one red carpet for right. oceans in los angeles and um no he didn't have anything to do with with that dress or jenny packham dress um white with kind of embellished with little silver kind of crystals and beads really really pretty dress um I think I had a little pashmina as well but no I think I just tried it on and I said do you like it um and he was like yeah it's great and then the other one we did I just had a little summery dress on and that was in LA again but we didn't actually do the red carpet we just walked really fastly down the red carpet together just like to try and avoid the paparazzi was it um,
0: intimidating doing the whole red carpet thing
1: that was a huge premiere the oceans one yeah. was, was was really big and um it was obviously very exciting um but I just remember I got really excited because Prince came in and everyone was like <laughs> I was literally standing there with George and like Brad Pitt was there and it was like you know and I it sounds really flippant but I was used to hanging out with them because we'd done the oceans yes we'd done a couple of the films and we spent time in Rome and Amsterdam and I remember every, there was this big hoo-ha and a big fuffle on the carpet and I looked around it was like Prince is here and I was like oh, Prince is here Prince is here. so I remember just got really excited and I just got very distracted watching Prince just kind of walk behind all of the But interviews. your boyfriend
0: loved that. I mean, <laughs> it's
1: Prince, you know, everybody loves Prince. It's a legend. Oh, brilliant. But yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I, I, I still find red carpet quite intimidating now. I find Something it, about
0: the, yeah. the, that sort of force of cameras, yeah. isn't it?
1: it's a lot, it's intense. It's the, it's the lights, it's the noise, it's the they scream your name, and I find that I do, I never find myself comfortable on the red carpet. I always get a little...
0: I, I find, yeah. even me,
1: I yeah. find my heart beats a yeah. million times. It's not a natural, no. you know, it's not. You're just standing there and you're like, oh, and they're like, over <laughs> here, over here. And you're like, oh. you're trying to suck your stomach in and get a good angle of the dress. You <laughs> spend hours getting ready and you're like, God, I look like, my eyes are going to be closed.
0: And then to are like doing some weird face. So yeah, it's, it's always
1: intimidating, um, regardless of where you are in the world, whatever red carpet.
0: Now, on the counter to that is you spent seven years as a DJ. Yeah. Um, Capital Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you dress for that? Because am I correct in saying that was sort of before a lot of social media and this is what I'm wearing to work pictures? So in
1: the beginning, it was very casual. Obviously, I still wasn't just going to rock up in my pyjamas. And there were always always be a photographer in the square when you left the building. So you kind of had to be semi-put together. And I've always loved my fashion, so it wasn't a problem. I'd organize my outfit the night before and get it all ready because obviously it's very early starts. Um, But then they started incorporating the webcams into the studio. So then you almost had to look done camera ready camera ready so in the beginning where I could I could kind of fathom what I was wearing and, and it would be fine and then by the time the end of the show had happened I'd have a bit of mascara on and all my sunglasses and so when you left and the photographers caught you you know you were ready but then they started to have the cameras on from about seven thirty in the morning and we used to film the guests that came in because it became very yeah. like YouTube and yeah you know so then I'd have to start like putting makeup on at like six o'clock in the morning I'd be like Through When we were playing the music, I'd start like, and so like seven o'clock hour, I'd do my bass, eight o'clock hour, I'd put my mascara on. And then it was just slowly I pieced myself together throughout the morning, Um, which is frustrating because you just be able to be like, oh, you could just rock up. You don't have to bother about what you wear. And I was like, that's where you're wrong. So, yeah, it started to get a little bit more high maintenance, I guess.
0: Did you dress the DJ part? What does that mean? What was a DJ? Well, we, you know, was it a bit rock and roll, was yeah, it? Yeah, I guess it was at the
1: time. I did have kind of, I love my leopard print jeans and I had like a snakeskin kind of red pair and I'd do a lot of bikers and like kind of cool logo t-shirts. So yes, you did. I guess I did. But then I also would do like a cute little summery dress. I mean, this is like seven days a week. No, five days a week, you know, like it was, it, was, it was a lot and it was seven and a half years. So it was just like, I had to keep churning out looks and... I was on repeat a lot of time. I've always been quite sustainable with my clothing. But yeah, it was um, there was a lot of looks that I had to get through. And then there was
0: um, being a judge on Britain's next to- oh presenter. I was the host. The host? I the host. Sorry. I was the Tyra. I was the British Tyra. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So that must have had quite a few wardrobe pressures. Did you have a stylist for that? Yes, we had a stylist.
1: I had a really good stylist. I had a great makeup artist. And we were really um, into kind of creating a new look every final. So the final would consist of me with the other judges. And that's when one girl would go home. I always found it so hard. I hated that part. Yeah, hated getting rid of of these girls. um, Because they all became... It's heartbreaking. Yeah, I hated it. And then they were like, but this is a TV show. And it's a cutthroat industry, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I appreciate that," but it was really hard. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know, but they do have feelings, and they're going to go home, and they're going to be mortified. Um, so yeah, it was um, it was quite hard, but we did really focus on getting some major looks. Some of them, when I look back, a bit too major, bit too strong for TV, like a really electric blue eye and a very strong line, and like a major kind of bask. And it was, but it was fun. It was dressing up again, which I've always loved to do.
0: And those clothes were just borrowed. They were borrowed. For that, yeah. For- I mean, you've worked in and around the fashion industry all your adult life, really, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Um when do you feel you really discovered your personal style of DNA?
1: That's a really good question. I think I've had moments throughout my life where I think this is this is definitely very I, I found it. This is me. Um but I think it's probably been in my forties actually, when you just You find yourself a little bit more, you know, and you, um, you, I was kind of less bothered about trends, less worried about what people think. And, you know, I used to always think I have to wear something new to this event or I have to like, you know, I could never feel comfortable or confident enough to wear something that I've already worn. Whereas now I totally do. So maybe now, maybe this is my, this is my moment where I feel the most comfortable
0: so, if someone were to describe your style DNA in three words, mm. what would you want those three words to be?
1: Um, effortless.
0: <laughs> love that word. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I'm not sure I can. I'd like I'd like to be seen as effortless. Um, it is eclectic though, because I love my tailoring, but then I love to wear like a maxi and a bit boho. Um, so let's do effortless, eclectic and, um, (laughs) timeless. Good. They're big, big, I mean, for somebody listening to this going, that's rubbish. No, (laughs) I like that. That's what I aspire to (laughs) being if somebody were to, yeah, sum me up in three words. I
0: saw something on Instagram the other day that, that said, you know, you've got to pick your words and you've got to buy ruthlessly to match those three words. And then your wardrobe will work. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe
1: not. Well, I not. try and be timeless now because of the pieces that I've got in my wardrobe are, are, are pieces that I want to wear. So I've, I've stopped hoarding. I got a new wardrobe built at the end of last year, a new kind of wardrobe room, a whole kind of, room dedicated and I just thought I've got too much stuff I can't find what I want to wear from day to day and I needed to just strip it back be more simplistic and have items and pieces that I love that are timeless and then it is eclectic so I guess it is a mixture of those three words and and did you actually do that
0: organizing yourself yes did you yes physically yes yeah
1: I had a huge culling. I had to get everything out of that room, which had been in there for 20 years. I know it was it was hideous. It took about eight months. Luckily, it took that time to build the wardrobe or to design it. Um, I took everything out. And then I have my three piles where I'm like charity, sell. And did you try everything on? Pretty much. Yeah a lot of it did, doesn't fit me anymore and a lot of it i just was hoarding but
0: it but it's a great catalyst yeah. to
1: saying okay charity shop yeah,
0: absolutely all my
1: sisters yep. all my friends different we're all different sizes and so there's something for everybody there but it's
0: so great to get rid of stuff it's a brilliant <sighs> experience isn't it yeah and then i
1: had this blank canvas and then when they built the room i could then only put things in that i really love and that i like if you know would you wear that today yes i would or something that you think
0: oh no, I'll wear it. No, get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, talking about sizes and trying on, our bodies change. Yeah. You've, you've talked about that a lot, openly. Um, what would you say is the secret to staying stylish as our bodies change?
1: Um, I think wear clothes that suit you. Um, try not to be too trend-led. Um Dress for you, you know. I hate all this age-appropriate thing. I hate that saying. I think that's just so rude. Um, where, I what find the hell? It really obnoxious. Yeah, really obnoxious. Where what the hell you want, you know? But I think, um, I think a good bit of tailoring is timeless, and I think that you can really smarten up any look and add that confidence to your whole demeanor, depending on how you know, regardless of how you're feeling, with a little bit of tailoring. Um, but yeah, I think it's like dressing for you rather than anybody else, and don't be too
0: trend-led. Good answer. Can we talk about bosoms for a moment? We can. I can talk about bosoms forever, (laughs) not just for a moment. There is a reason why most high fashion models are pretty small or busted, let's put it that way. It's easier to dress, clothes hang from your shoulders more effortlessly. (laughs) Um, But when you have bosoms, some cuts just don't work. Do you agree? Oh, God, absolutely. So many
1: things that I'm unable to wear. And, you know, some of your beautiful little spaghetti strap dresses in the past and just more delicate. Yeah, I can't wear them. I need scaffolding. So how do you work around it? I just, I've got great strapless bras, really good ones, um, that don't give you four boobs and that don't move. (laughs) They stay where your boobs and the bra, you don't have to keep... uh -uh. Uh -uh, hoisting them so good good underwear is key um for dressing with boobs and um it's annoying because I do have to buy dresses bigger to cater for the boobs and then sometimes I have to have them tailored um around the waist and hips um but yeah it's just about savvy dressing and also just walking away from rails that you just know aren't going to work for you which is hard sometimes some of those beautiful backless dresses and like I said, little spaghetti straps and things. So, yeah, I just walk away from that, and I realize, I just know my strengths, and I know what I have to... All of the gubbings that goes underneath it.
0: So do you do a lot of deep Vs, that type of I thing? can't
1: do too, too many deep Vs either, because some of the bras, the strapless bras don't allow for that. These gossard glossies, the one I'm wearing today, is a little bit lacy. Uh-huh. That's quite a good one. This is quite a deep V. Yeah. It's quite a deep I V. I was about to say, yeah. you're
0: wearing a deep V dress today. But yeah, it's just about...
1: I just have to basically... Buy things, try them on with my bra, or if I'm going somewhere, take my bras with me to the changing room so you can work out. So then you save time and you don't have to go back and return it and all of that. But yeah, I kind of can see now when I go to a rail, like, is that going to work? Is that going to work? Because I've been dressing for my boobs my whole life.
0: I mean, you've met so many brilliant designers. Do you have any particular memorable moments from, from working with
1: hmm. any of the greats? No, only uh, <laughs> I remember Emmanuel Angaro was hideously rude to me and that sticks in my mind. About In what? Paris because of my chest. I remember him hitting me in my chest. No. Like, because I was walking like this and he wanted me to walk like, he wanted me to be like concave and I was like... What, well, minimise your bosom? Mm. And I just didn't fit his aesthetic. I don't think I ever would... And uh, I remember him being really nasty and I literally left there in tears and just got straight on the Eurostar home and I was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm done with Paris, I'm done. Oh, There's only so much. And I was, I was a kid then, you know, I wasn't even 20. And that's really brutal to be treated that badly, uh, yeah. you know. But, but, but most of it was, I've got beautiful memories of modeling i I'm the fashion industry and designers. There's just a little few snippets here and there, which obviously you remember more um, when you kind of talk about it. Probably just still need a bit of therapy over it. <laughs> But PTSD yeah PTSD from, uh, from Paris
0: but um, most of the time it was amazing I got
1: to travel so much and wear beautiful clothes and
0: do you have a wonderful archive of pieces that you were gifted through because there wasn't there was a time back then probably when you first started when you would perhaps be gifted in clothes rather than even be paid a fee for a show so I do
1: I have some in, I have some tucked away I've got some I've got some beautiful Cavalli bits and pieces when I used to go to, Par- uh, to Milan and we used to get dressed for the show got some Fendi pieces Bella Freud from back in the day some beautiful shoes little platform um, kind of sling backs and a couple of suits um, maybe some Westwood yeah I have got some bits and pieces so they're hoarded they are hoarded but they're safely hoarded and I they're archived they're archived basically yeah in the loft if that counts <laughs> And then I always preferred cash. So I was always like, if it's a choice, I'll take the cash. I don't need the clothes. I, I love the clothes. I'll wear them for the show, but I'll take the cash. Thank
0: you. What do you reach for when you need to feel empowered?
1: um It's always a suit and a good spray of perfume. A rose noir from Byredo.
0: Is, is it a trouser suit?
1: Yeah, always, always a pantsuit. And I love a trainer with a suit. Love it. It's the best. Simple isn't it? t-shirt, round neck t-shirt, beautiful cotton, nice bit of tailoring, done. So, who's your simple t-shirt by? Eterné. It's a lady from Los Angeles. She does the best, best t-shirts. You have to check them out. She's got a whole range now, but they're beautiful cotton. She does black, grey, and white, and um, you can do long sleeve, short sleeves. I like the short round neck, stunning. She's a stylist in Los Angeles. She's fantastic.
0: Do you have a style icon?
1: I don't know if I do I don't know if I do have a style icon um I do I love Sienna Miller I love I love a lot of kind of like British girls I love Ama- um I love Amanda Wakeley <laughs> Amanda Thank you will we'll keep that no in. I do I've always <laughs> <loved>. <laughs> I love you Amanda you're my style icon um you Know what? It's different women. I love kind of Julianne Moore, I think she dresses really beautifully. Super Isabel, chic. yeah, super chic. I love Isabel Morant though, too. Yeah. I love her style, I love her, always love her collections. Um, Emmanuel Alt, yeah, she's
0: cool,
1: yeah, she's cool. That kind of effortless, timeless, bit rock and roll,
0: and a bit sexy,
1: sexy, yeah. sexy older woman, just just looking rocking it. So,
0: yeah, do you think your style's changed through the decades?
1: Yeah, it's definitely changed. I think I've got more confident as I've gotten older. I feel like I've found my thing um which which is you know good tailoring a little bit of print um yeah it's definitely evolved I think I, I don't know I think I look back at pictures and there was some terrible fashion mistakes
0: um Ooh, tell me tell me any particular yeah
1: I think it was a couple of like premieres when I was host you know like on the red carpet hosting and I think I tried to go too themed <laughs> <laughs> like quite literally I would dress like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo with the red cords and a little kind of pale denim jacket and I was like it was for the Scooby-Doo premiere so I was like okay let me just go in theme and then it was like Dukes of Hazard, and I had like you know a bustier with a denim yeah it was it was tacky and too themed but I had been, a great night
0: have you been to the Barbie movie yet no, I haven't. No, okay. I'm, I, mm, so you've saved your pink moment.
1: I've saved my pink moment. I went to the Oppenheimer premiere instead of seeing Barbie. I think you're either Barbie or Oppenheimer. Very yeah. different films.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and sort of as the years have crept by, how has your hair and makeup changed? I mean, do you do you intend to lob your hair off at any point, or I go got this through amazing mane. Thank you. I go through phases. I cut it
1: last year when it was really thin um I'd noticed it from the menopause and from COVID and it got really thin and was falling out quite a lot so the ends of it were just gone quite wispy so I cut it off quite short I'm not precious about my hair I think a good chop a couple of times a year is so good for it so who knows never say never I'm quite open to a change of hair as far as makeup goes I used to love doing a black flick and now it's really hard to do it because obviously the eyes have moved <laughs> down. So when I do it, I have to like really, and plus my eyesight's going. So there's all these fun <laughs> things to contend with. Oh, that's it, a
0: magnifying mirror. It's a
1: magnifying mirror, but then you're holding your eye and then you're trying it. And then when you let the eye go and you're like, oh, so the lines don't kind of <laughs> flick effortlessly <laughs> upwards like they used to. I used to love that black line. So now I'm more about creams and and like creamy nothing that's going to sit in the lines um more dewy dewy complexion creamy eye um shadow that you can just blend really easy a little bit of coal loads of mascara that will never change a good brow and just yeah like bronzing balms and blushes that are of a nice texture just to add that glow we don't want to dull down that skin that's already fighting to be dull. As yeah. <laughs> you get older. Yes. You're yeah. having a debate with it. Yeah. I'm like, no, only creamy creamy consistencies, please.
0: Um, what is the one item of clothing that means the most to you?
1: Oh, I love... I've got a little Isabel Morant um, leather jacket, which I love, which is really battered and old and it's kind of got a cropped sleeve. Um... And I just, yeah, I love that. I love that. But I don't know. It's a tricky one. I'm not too hung up on, I don't know. I think it's quite good Things. to kind of, yeah. Yes. I try to be less, you know, yeah. like attached to that
0: sort of stuff these days. Yeah. I thought of that when I realized my car had been nicked this morning. <laughs> you're like,
1: car, who needs a car? Only
0: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's only stuff, exactly. I mean, you lead an incredibly busy life. One minute you're on television, the next you're modeling, the next you're promoting your book. You've phenomenally organised about planning your wardrobe, planning your looks. I am quite organised. I think
1: now that I've, I've got more organisation in my life with the closet, it's easier to get dressed, it's easier to pack, it's easier to plan. Because I can go to my dress rail or my suit rail and be like, OK, that's going to work for that, and then it just takes that pressure off. Or if I've got a premiere and I think, none of those dresses work, I need to borrow something... I'll then put that in motion. And I sometimes use a stylist because then she can just call in lots of bits for me and just take off that pressure. Um, but that's kind of more premiere, red carpet. The rest of it, I kind of do it myself and
0: try to be organized. And when you're not quite sure of how something looks who do you most trust for an opinion george oh. my
1: fiance has got amazing style oh that's yeah. so lovely i know he's great i'm like can i borrow you for a second <laughs> george I'm like yelling up to him now is he kind in the way he delivers yes. he's kind but he's also really quite frank as well what? so that's not quite your yeah best he's like look. He's, he's like why would you know you've got so many other things. Why would you... <laughs> it's like, no, no, you need to get rid of these dresses. They don't do anything for your figure. You need to show your legs, your legs. I say he's really...
0: He's really brutal,
1: Men but are I love fantastically
0: it. fantastically pragmatic in the way they deliver that yeah. message, aren't they? Yeah.
1: He's like, no more... Mac- no, he, and he loves this because it's sort of, you know, you can see... A li- I mean, it's not like I want you to look really <laughs> slutty or anything. That's not what he's saying. He just thinks... Wear clothes that do something for your figure rather than some of these. But and show I th- your best bits. Yeah, show your best bits. So yeah, he's
0: very honest and I always trust him. Oh, that's lovely. And let's just talk about travel for a moment. So as a well-known face, are you very aware of an airport look, what your airport look will be, that you'll be spotted walking through the airport? No,
1: I don't think about that. I don't think about that. I think about being comfortable. <laughs> Um, mostly I love a kind of pajama suit like a pajama like you know co for for travel um, and you know good luggage obviously I usually take a little trolley dolly hand, hand luggage with the zip so I can change clothes as well so if it's a long distance flight I'll have a change of clothes
0: please don't tell me you pack for 10 days into just a travel hold all not 10
1: days but I have been trying to do hand luggage recently so for like a four-day trip, I managed to get everything into a hold And in I was so proud of myself. What bag is this? It's, it's like a Louis Vuitton, just a little suitcase that goes over the, in the overhead locker. Impressive. It's really impressive. It's so good, though, when you've worn everything.
0: And, and so what tips would you give? for getting that absolutely right.
1: I would plan your looks. What are you doing? Where are you going? Are you going to the beach? Okay, take one cover-up, one bikini for that day, change of clothes for the evening, Um, make sure that your sandals work multiple times throughout that trip. So you can only take three, perhaps. Um... Always take a comfy pair. I always love my Havianas because they're just super easy. And even though you take other sandals, it's just easy just to throw them on. Um, just a couple of cover-ups that really roll up easily. And then just be minimalist with your toiletries. Yeah, that's that's
0: one of the trickier things. It's one of it? the
1: trickier things. It's like you th- you could buy your sun cream there. Um if you need it. Although, you know, a face one, a good face one is always good mm. to take. And th- the HRT is the one that's usually the trickiest thing. Because obviously, you know, they're getting the right sizes. And if you've got your big gel, which I've never had. I've always had the little Enzetto spray. Then you have
0: to decant it. And yeah, the, all of yeah. that.
1: But you know what? I travelled at the weekend. I didn't have to take any of my toiletries out of the bag anymore. You can leave them in your hand luggage. I was it's like, where's the little plastic baggy thing? Oh, where's the little plastic bag? And they were like, no, you don't need that. Keep it all in. I was like, yes, yes. finally.
0: Yes, because n- I hate it when people... It's like, well, it doesn't all fit in your yeah. plastic bag. You're going to have to throw something away. No, and then I'll
1: give it to George. I'm like, George, take this. <laughs> like, throw it in his bag. But you don't need to do that anymore. So I think it's just about being organized and planning your looks while you're away. And it's, it's the most, it's brilliant. Because so many times you've got your suitcase. It takes so long to pack. Then it takes ages to unpack. And then when you pack it all back up and you think, I haven't worn that. haven't worn that. And you're just like, well, I get why
0: real stress about... What if this bag, I never see this bag again? Mm. Am I going to be devastated by what's in it? And then you think, it's stuff.
1: Yeah, it's stuff. And my tip would be if you are going on a beach holiday, is always pack your favourite bikini and your cover up in your hand luggage. Totally. Because then, if you get to where you're going, at least you can just chill out by the beach all day or by the pool. Get all the- safe sun there's and then when then when because the, always if you're shopping for a bikini
0: there's nothing worse than shopping for a bikini in a hurry yeah in in a in
1: a strange place and yes. you're like well
0: that doesn't fit and you
1: you know i love the fact that you can buy different size tops and bottoms and mix and match and things like that so always take your favorite bits in your hand luggage if you're checking in a bag that'd be my top tip
0: love that would you say you have a brand that's a guilty secret do you mean like a high street brand or something yes uh or a very extravagant brand?
1: I mean, I dip in and out. I can find something everywhere. I'm, I'm not very brand loyal. Um, but I do <laughs> I do love, uh, you know, I can go to Zara. I can go all over the place. Um, yeah. I, I No, there's no guilty secret for me. I'm, I'm super open about where I shop and I'll just go. I can find something everywhere.
0: Do you feel you've got an excessive amount of anything in your wardrobe? I've probably got too many dresses.
1: Shoes? Shoes I've been quite good with recently because, I've, you know, I think since lockdown, I barely wear heels. Or when I do, I'm in agony. So I've just started to just get rid of the ones that are uncomfortable. The feet don't
0: last beyond two hours, I find, since since lockdown.
1: (laughs) My feet have changed shape or they've got bigger or the shoes I used to buy were too small. I don't know what it is, but it's like I just want to be comfortable. I don't mind a little ankle boot and a little heel, a chunky heel, but a tiny little heel where I'm kind of tottering around I'm thinking I'm sitting there having dinner I think oh, I really need to go to the bathroom how many get from here to here <laughs> and I'm like ow, ow 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 every step is painful so I used to have excessive amount of shoes and I've no longer purchased them I've probably got too many handbags I do love a handbag
0: love a handbag mm. um have you ever justified an expensive purchase with pounds per wear
1: yeah all the time <laughs> All the time. I love that pounds per word for me. I'm like, and, and my friends were all really guilty of, of enabling each other to purchase things. We're like, when you think about it, you're going to be word. using it all yeah. day, every day. It's like, you know, so yeah, I do that all the time. But with like beautiful pieces that are quality, because I think if you buy quality, you're obviously buying less, hopefully, and you're living a more sustainable life and you're buying things that you love and that you can maybe pass down as well
0: talking about sustainable what's your approach to sustainable fashion
1: well I think you know as I mentioned before I used to always think I need to wear something new to every occasion and now I think it's about quality pieces that you can wear time and time again and that kind of work together as well so with your suits you know you can wear the pants on their own with a beautiful t-shirt or lovely blouse The jacket, you can split it up and wear it with jeans, wear it over on your shoulders with a dress. I think it's about looking at your wardrobe and how it all works together, kind of more of a capsule kind of attitude. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how I try to shop now and that's my attitude when it comes to being sustainable.
0: It's like quality pieces and and less stuff. Because... As an influencer with 443,000 followers and counting on Instagram, (laughs) you must get gifted all the time. How do you control what arrives on your doorstep? That's
1: quite tricky because I do get gifted a lot and it's not to say I don't appreciate it, but sometimes there's just too much stuff. So sometimes people ask you, um, I'd love to gift you this. Are you open to that? And I have to say no because I just don't want any more bits in my wardrobe and I say you know thank you very much maybe I'll check in with you in a few months if you know I just try and be polite in that way because I don't want to be uh, disrespectful but I just it's just so much stuff and beauty stuff too yeah when one little product comes in a huge box and I'm just like oh my god this is such a waste Mm. and then you feel so guilty because the recycling outside the house people are like Jesus (laughs) there's two of them living in there (laughs) so yeah I'm trying I'm more mindful of that for sure.
0: What do you do with your clothes when you've had enough of them?
1: I either re-gift them to people, give them to my sisters. I've got two sisters, I've got friends... Um, I you give must to be charity. Popular. I love giving it to the local charity stores because we've got quite a few in our high street. And I really love when they send the email through to tell you how much they've raised through the sales oh, of your clothes. Oh,
0: that's lovely. Which it's charity shop is that?
1: So the Heart Foundation, the British Heart Foundation, Scope, um, there's obviously Oxfam. There's quite a few on my on my high street. And I think it's just, it's just really nice to know that they're making a lot of money. And, and you
0: divide your... Yeah. B- oh, lovely. Yeah,
1: I try and divide it, yeah. And I just give them
0: loads of stuff, Lo- it, it's loads a, of bits. It's a great feeling, isn't it's it? It's a great I, feeling. I took some um, Wakely in Oh, to which charity <laughs> shop is that? Everybody take no. <laughs> Well They're Sitting anxiously outside the store. And then I took <laughs> something else in, and, and the girl in there was so sweet. She said, oh my God, all the Chelsea Yummy Mummies went absolutely I'm sure. bonkers. I'm sure they did
1: a whole like window. And I've walked past the windows of the charity shops, and they've put stuff in the window, and I'm like... And it all looks really beautiful, the way they've dressed it. And I almost <laughs> want to go back in there and buy it back. <laughs> I want to buy back my dress. I should have kept hold of it. But yeah, it looks great. And I'm like, you know. Do you ever sell? Yeah, I sell. And which platform? So I've sold on Vintage, Vestier, Circle. The Circle's a great one. It's a new one. It's C-I-R-K-L-E. Um,
0: yeah, definitely. Do you have a particular piece in your wardrobe that means the most to you? Um, well, I love the leather
1: biker and I'm trying to think, I think some of my suits, I just think they're so timeless. I just want to keep them looking lovely forever, but there's, there's nothing that I walk in there. It's not like a Sarah Jessica Parker moment where I'm like, hello, lovely. And you kind of like (laughs) wrap it around yourself. It's like, you know, I just, I have got some really lovely bits, but, um, yeah, I'm not too hung up on anyone. Am I? A couple of coats Maybe. Yeah, I don't know.
0: But not one particular Was no. your father's jacket or no, anything? No, I don't
1: have anything like that, unfortunately. I wish I would have had some of the pieces that my mum used to have. And if I had my dad's leather biker, that would be treasured
0: forever. Oh. Let's move on to some quick-fire questions. Oh, I, I'm terrible at these. It's all right. You can. right. I'm sure you'll be good. Um, what fashion advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? <laughs> Where do I start? Um... Oh, gosh. Quick fire. Quick Okay, that's, what I'm, that's why
1: I'm terrible at these things. So I'm always <laughs> like, is it a yes or is it a no? It's just to just say it. Um, just, just do you. Just do you. Just keep doing you. Just keep making those mistakes. It doesn't matter.
0: Which fashion trend would you most like to see make a comeback? Um... God, I don't know either. I see, I told you I'm
1: terrible at these things. That's right. Because I love the 80s, but I still am very much in that. I have a lot of, like, sort of very faded denim, a little fluoro, so I've kind of still got that a tiny little bit of a raver in me still. Um, and the perm? The perm I wouldn't do again, but I do curl it from time to time because I do love a curl. You always, I always wanted curly hair. Um, and I'm a boho 70s, so I love the 70s look a lot.
0: What fashion or beauty trend would you consign to Room 101? It would be the perm for sure, especially the spiral perm
1: that it just makes it super Shirley Temple and also changes the colour quite dramatically too because it literally just annihilates every (laughs) follicle on your head. Your last impulse buy? Um, A little
0: Chanel denim bag. Quite an impulse. Um, (laughs) That's a terrible impulse. (laughs) Your views on tattoos. Do you know what? I love
1: them and then I think, And I haven't got any, and I am considering maybe a few little baby ones around my hand, but now I think I'm 51, is it too late? It's a love-hate thing with tattoos. George has got a whole sleeve, and I do think they look fantastic, but just on the right person.
0: Beauty treatment you couldn't give up?
1: Um, I love facial facial massage. I think just that hands-on treatment, just lifting, and Sarah Chapman do great facials there. Um, So I think, yeah, good facial massage and lymphatic drainage. High end or high street? Hmm. High end. Let's buy well. Buy bling. once and buy well. <laughs> bling or bear? Bit of bling. Couture or charity shop? Charity shop. Crocs, cute or puke? I, I don't like them personally, but George has got two pairs. He's got bright green ones that he bought years ago. And then he was like, see, Justin Bieber has them. See, I told you I was ahead of the curve. And I was like, oh my God, really? So he's got bright green ones, which he wore in the street once to meet me and I was mortified. And then he's got gray ones and I've kind of, they're okay. They're a little bit more muted. It's like a dark charcoal gray, but they're not my favorite thing.
0: Sneakers or stilettos? Sneakers all day long. Bags or shoes? Bags. Skinnies or boyfriends or wide legs? Boyfriends. Bodycon or boho? boho sports luxe or rock chick rock chick red carpet or relaxed relaxed experimental or uniform uniform (laughs) cashmere or cotton hmm
1: depends on the season amanda Mm -hmm. i love a cotton but i do love a cashmere as well
0: hoarder or editor
1: well i'm i'm in transition so i'm a hoarder (laughs) that's you know trying to be minimalist
0: Shapewear or sexy lingerie?
1: Sexy lingerie.
0: Tights or stockings? Or hold-ups? Hold-ups. Bikini or one-piece? Bikini. (laughs) Trilby or Tracy? Trilby. Finally, one last question. At the end of the day, what do you or don't you wear in bed? So I love my pyjamas and I've
1: got a great selection, but I usually wear them to bed and then I take them off because I get too hot. So... (laughs) My intentions are to go to bed in my pyjamas and then I'm just naked.
0: (laughs) Wonderful, (laughs) wonderful. And if you could turn the tables and ask me one of these questions, what would you ask me?
1: Can I please um, look in your closet? (laughs) (laughs) Can I come and have a a little rummage around your closet? (laughs) Uh,
0: One day, that would be
1: such fun. (laughs) I really want (laughs) to do it. I'll come and film it. We'll turn the tables and I'll come and film you talking through all your pieces. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. Um, Lisa, thank you so much. You have been brilliant. It's oh, so good to see you so and good sit to here, see you. looking at you, looking resplendent, wearing Wakely. Thank you. You're so
1: welcome, and thank you for having me. Of oh, my pleasure.